0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here.
1: Fantasy Sports Today kicking off right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Engel, with you all hours. we are being breaking down the early lines and leans for week. Mike Blewett is out today. He'll be back joining us tomorrow. But on Wednesdays, what we do is we take the full two hours and we give you our early leans, our early thoughts on Week 10. And Scott, first of all, good morning. I hope everything is doing well. I hope you got out and voted yesterday. But also, listen, Scotty, Week 10, teams making their final push. You got about four weeks left. So if you're five and four, if you're four and five, you need to start moving.
2: Yeah, if you're at 500, you could still make it, but you want to reel off three consecutive wins in, in a row to feel good. You know, any time you get above five losses in a fantasy football, you, you, the anxiety is going to increase. A lot of seven and six teams will make the playoffs, but right. you know, nothing's guaranteed. You want to score as many points as you totally can because total points is very often the tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, I had a guy call in to my show yesterday, Scott, Fantasy Freestyle, by the way, 7 to 8 p.m., on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had a guy call in. Check this out. He told me he was three and six. Okay, Scott. But then he told me his team, and it was a bunch of studs, Scott. And he said, even at three and six, he literally said that he had the highest point total in his entire league. At three and six, and I was like, listen, man, it sucks, but if you got those studs, you know, and you're putting up great totals, then you even at three and six have an outside shot. If you run the table to get four in a row, it sounds like you would be one of the high-scoring seven and six teams, and you might be able to sneak in, so it really is still about those points. I had another uh, social media follower ask me something like they were in a tight matchup going into Monday night, and they were worried, like their opponent—let me ask you about this, actually— Their proponent was done for the day. Okay. And they were up by something like between one and two points. And someone asked me do, and they had like someone left to go. And they were worried about, like, do they just bench them and take the the win or worry about, like, that starter getting negative points. Maybe it was a defense or maybe they're worried about someone fumbling, something like that. And I was like, no, you got to start your players because not only is it you trying to protect that win, there's always stat corrections you never know until Wednesday, Thursday that could happen. And then the other thing is you need to get as many points as possible for this exact thing. When we come to tiebreakers after week 13, you know, sometimes that could be real tight. You know, you could have like 10 more points than the guy be- uh, behind you getting you into the playoffs, right, Scott?
2: Yeah. And when you say, oh, you know, I'm, a, I'm ahead by two, and I'm worried, what if the only thing the guy does is fumble? It's like, yeah. uh, unla- unless you're talking or about. A defense Kenyan could Barner, get a
1: minus one or two. A defense yeah, could get a minus are
2: Yeah, unless you're talking about Kenyon Barner, I think you don't worry about that. Somebody asked me that. Like, I have Amari Cooper or Deion Lewis going. What if Deion Lewis' is only carries a fumble? Like,. Right. You're way overthinking it right now. It's you, you play your guys because sometimes, and I think in leagues when they do this, it's cool. One of, one of the the, uh, the 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 spots goes to possibly like the team with the playoff spots goes to the team with the most points because right. when you have a team that's scoring the most points in the league and you're three and six, you're just having bad luck. You're getting outscored exactly. every week.
1: Yep, and I even recommended to that guy, and I know you've seen this as well, Scott. There are some league formats. Where you in essence you play a doubleheader, right? Instead of playing one team, you play two teams on any given week, right? So instead of going one and zero or zero and one, you go zero and two, one and one, or two and zero, and that sort of mitigates that for this guy's situation too. If he has really that great points, he wouldn't be three and six instead of kind of getting unlucky or running into the buzz saw. You know, you probably uh, have a better record if you actually played the doubleheader every week. Have you seen that? Do you like that kind of format, Scott?
2: Yeah, I I haven't played it, but I've seen it.
1: Yeah, what do you think? You think it's a good idea to mitigate some of this, like you're saying? This guy is three and six and just unlucky. Uh, It takes some of that luck out of it. Because if you're playing two teams, you know, I've seen weeks, it's happened to me, where I put up like the second or third highest point total in the league, but I just happen to be facing the guy who put up the best.
2: Yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, it's a little offbeat, but I'm okay with it. But sometimes there's offbeat things that I'm not okay with. Like for some reason, if you do the ESPN default schedule, Four teams make the playoffs, and the first playoff game is week thirteen, and f- week uh, fourteen, and fifteen. And the second one is sixteen and seventeen. I'm just, yeah. I, you know, what I'm, I'm a co-owning with somebody in a league like that, and I'm like, well, what is wrong with the commissioner? It's like, right, uh, you don't want two week playoff games. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're thinking you want to avoid week risk, seventeen, but it's, it's, it's so off the beaten path, though, and right. you want to avoid week seventeen, but. Uh yeah, I, I hate I hate the leagues that go to week seventeen. I really do, yeah. because you look at teams like the Chiefs, the Rams, yep. etc., you know, and if if they have something clinched and they got nothing to play for, you, you you lose your best players and the best yeah. team doesn't win.
1: Absolutely. If you're a fantasy football team, right, like in your example, you know, Pat Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, you know, Cooper Cup, these could be guys that have been leading you to your fantasy potential championship and then what are you gonna do week seventeen when they're resting, you know? So I, I understand that exactly. Scott, biggest news and notes that I saw yesterday. Looks like the Saints were working out a lot of wide receivers. Brandon Marshall among them, but it looks like Dez Bryan impressed them to the point where uh the buzz is that they're working they're trying to work out a contract. Do you think Dez ultimately will be wearing golden black? And if so, what kind of uh what kind of opportunity does this present?
2: Well I can't predict whether he's going to be Wearing the gold and black, or not. You know, I'm not okay. sitting in the negotiations, but if he does, uh, I don't expect a lot of upside. I'm not going to spend like uh, a lot of fab on him either because hmm. the guy has missed all of training camp and, and, you know, nine weeks. So, how much of an impact could a guy that, you know, was on the downside of his career coming off of so much inactivity, which, you know, also speaks possibly to his health and soft tissue injuries? You know, like Frankie Stample said, "Are the best friends forever." Maybe they're looking for a big target in the red zone. Right. Uh, you know that, and uh, you know Cameron Merritt has been a disappointment. But to take a flyer, like when you're talking about to do Week Ten, you know, there's no, there's no real upside, I think, for Des Bryant. Okay.
1: Would you rather have, would you rather have Des Bryant or Adam Humphreys?
2: I'd rather have Adam Humphreys. I've, I've seen what he, we could do. You know, not only does you know, Des Bryant has to learn the offense. Etc. Right. I think from an NFL perspective, it can make sense. You know, it's like two, three times a game, you know, hitting him in key spots, but I can't expect a lot of fantasy production.
1: All right. Um, next game I want to talk about, Scott, as we still got a lot of games to get through in this hour. The next game up, the New England Patriots, they go to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Uh, 46.5 is the total. We got a home dog situation. The Titans at home are giving 6.5. You know, Scott, with the Patriots. You never know, right? You know, there's been no Sony Michelle for the last couple of weeks. Gronk has missed two of the last three games. So we've been seeing, you know, Edelman. We've been seeing Corderell Patterson as a running back. We've been seeing Josh Gordon. With the probable return of both of them, Sony Michelle and probably Gronk as well, what – like, how does this change? You know, are you off, say, Josh Gordon? Let's look at Josh Gordon. What's the impact of a return of Sonny Michel and even Gronk on a guy like Josh Gordon? Where do you have him ranked? What do you see for Gordon moving forward?
2: I don't think you anything have, changes. I think he's still a deep 20. threat. He, he, has his, he has his role in that offense. Uh, you know, Gronk has been very disappointing. And, uh, you know, Sony Michel's not going to take anything away from Josh Gordon. You know, it's not like Josh Gordon carries the ball. So, you know, the only thing I'll say, you know, is for Tom Brady. You know, it's it's been a it's been a little bit of a disappointing fantasy season if you haven't noticed. You know, he's 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 behind Mitchell just behind Mitchell Trubisky in terms of fantasy scoring. He's the twelfth highest fantasy quarterback, and you know, he's thrown one touchdown passes pass in his last two games, and he hasn't thrown more than one in three of his last four. So. Uh, you know, Gronk really hasn't been a major factor I don't know if things change a whole lot here
1: Okay, no, well, I guess what I mean, I know Sonny Michelle isn't really catching passes as it impacts uh, Josh Gordon. I mean more that with the return of Sonny Michelle, maybe the Patriots as a whole are more comfortable and running the ball a little bit more, and the run-pass balance could be a little bit different. Over the last couple of weeks, you know, they've been using guys like Corderell Patterson, but when they have their normal early down back-in, maybe they're, you know, a little bit more balanced than running the ball, so there's less opportunity in the passing game, less attempts for Tom Brady, that's what I mean.
2: Uh, I think maybe, if anything, you know, maybe it cuts into James White a little. Okay. Uh, you know, you've seen him like carrying the ball like 11, 12, eight times over the last three games where he, you know, when, when Michelle was in there was eight, two, and six. So if anything, uh, it means that, like, you know, less flat passes.
1: Yeah, I would also wonder to see, we don't have to look at it right now, I would be interested to see if Brady's attempts have gone up over the last couple of weeks when Michelle is out as well. You have Julian Edelman as wide receiver 14, Josh Gordon as wide receiver 20, so they're both wide receiver twos for you moving forward.
2: Yeah, well, Edelman's all, all almost in that wide receiver one sort of sure. cusp right now. The way that, the way that he's been playing, you know, ever ever since he came back, he's he's been terrific. People haven't really, uh, you know, said much about it just because that's what you expect from Julian Edelman.
1: Yep. And on the Tennessee side, uh, talk to me about Deion Lewis. You know, I mean, people at first were like, "Oh, he's you know he's not doing it. He's disappointing." You now have him as RB twenty-two. I actually think he's. Absolutely fine. He helped me win a week last week because I had Joe Mixon on by, so Lewis was my kind of guy that I inserted. But you have Deion Lewis as a back-end RB, too. You're comfortable with him that in, in that spot. Tell me um, how that relates to Derrick Henry, though. Like, we know we've been talking about Henry as a cut candidate. Do you think the gap in snaps and opportunity and production between Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry just continues to grow in Tennessee?
2: I don't know if continues continues to grow. Then Derrick Henry might be on the street, you know. But uh, he still has a role, like you know, as a goal line finisher. He scored scored in two consecutive games. But you know, Derek Henry, uh, Deion Lewis has two consecutive twenty point games in a PPR. The only more thing you have to worry about is the consistency because before that he's, he failed to score six PPR points in two consecutive in three and four. So with Deion Lewis, he'd be ranked higher. But I'm worried about the consistency.
1: Yeah. And then listen, um, also with Tennessee, and this is not necessarily a fantasy thing, but I'd love your take on this. You know, I always say, Scott, that there are three kinds of teams in the NFL. There's the team that knows they have their quarterback, right? That's option one. There's the team that either like knows they don't have their quarterback or is starting anew with a fresh young face. That's, you know, kind of, I think, the second best place to be. And then the worst is to be a team that, like, is really unsure about their quarterback and think they may not have their guy. That's what sets franchises back for years, right? We talk about Jameis Winston in that vein, Ryan Tannehill in that vein. People are now whispering about Derek Carr in that vein. I want to put – can we put Marcus Mariota in that same kind of category? Like, if you're the Titans – Are you like, are you riding with this? Do you, is he your guy? Like, when his fifth year option comes up, like, is Mariota the guy, or should we start to throw Tennessee in the mix of these teams that could uh, have some kind of rotating, you know, door at quarterback over the next couple of years? Do you think Mariota is the guy long term in Tennessee?
2: I I think it's fair to say you can't look at one good game against Dallas after all the string of mediocre performances. He's been very up and down, you know, throughout his career. They they don't know that they have the guy and I think it's dragging the offense down. You know, Corey Davis uh, you know really hasn't played up to his potential. Deion Lewis is the only Titan that he could really start fantasy wise. You know, I think it tells you a lot about the team. You know, Marcus Mariota is nowhere near near lived up to his potential. Uh, There was a lot of promise after the first season, but it's been all enigmatic since then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jameis Winston gets so much slack. You know what I mean? Jameis gets so much slack for having some of these younger quarterbacks kind of buy him. Flack or slack? Both, (laughs) to be quite honest. I don't think he gets a
2: lot of slack. He gets benched.
1: All right, flack then. Um, But, you know, like... But it's not like Mariota has been lighting the world on fire. But he goes kind of a little bit more under the radar in terms of the flack that he gets. Um, so just keep. Yeah, because the team t- the, t-
2: the team is like pushed to contend while right. he's been there. You know, in spite and there's of none of the kind of
1: off the field stuff like there is with Jameis. Yeah,
2: and Jameis Jameis Winston. The team has just been bad. You know, since yeah. he's been there. You're right. You, you know, know, they Tennessee. showed some signs his rookie year, but they've been they've been bad since then.
1: Absolutely. And Tennessee, don't forget, Tennessee got to the playoffs, you know, uh, under yeah. Mariota. Um, and, and Mariota, that like, I creates think it's a big difference well. in
2: perception. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he, like, Great in team. that one playoff game, like, gutted it out, right? Like, was clutch with a running touchdown or something like that. So, you know, at least he does have that on his yeah, resume. Yeah, Javis is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, yeah. then. Next game, though, Scotty, the Miami Dolphins and the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm telling people, uh, people got to go get some MVS, right? Allison to IR, and MVS has really, and I'm calling him MVS now because it sounds like a disease that people are catching, but um, do people need to get a little case of MVS?
2: Yeah, he's only 20% owned right now in the ESPN right. leagues, and he's my number 23 ranked receiver in my, uh, li- my in-season ranks this morning on RotoExperts.com. In the last four games, he's either caught, uh, caught a TD pass in two of them, and the other two where he hasn't scored, he's gone. Kind of hundred yards or over, so uh, you know he's he's definitely a thing here. Randall Cobb it looks like all the injuries have caught up to him, and Toronto yeah. Allison very disappointing with the injury. You know we played very well early, and we could right. see him again in the future. But for now, you had all these Packers rookies, and Fountain Gantley was the one that you know soared to the, soared to the top of the bowl.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Allison, to be quite honest, Scott, Allison was in that category with us early in the season, right? Guys like Godwin and Galladay, guys that we were really excited about potentially seeing a step. And while Allison did have flashes, he is sent to IR, and who knows what's going to happen. I think I think his contract might be up as well, Geronimo Allison. So um, definite opportunity. You know, Scott, if you're in a dynasty league, right, there's MVS, obviously, but you mentioned also – you know, Randall Cobb, kind of the injuries catching up to him. I can easily see a universe where next year, and this is a dynasty league play, Scott, where next year, you know, Allison is either still struggling to come back or with another team. I think his contract is up. Cobb, as you mentioned, the injuries have gotten to him. Maybe he's, you know, not long for a starting role. Could it be next next year, Scott, that the wide receivers for Green Bay are Devontae Adams, uh, you know, NVS, and even then, like, Equeman is St. Brown. Like, is St. Brown worth a stash in a dynasty format?
2: I think he is, but you know, at best he becomes the re- third receiver there, and I don't know but how much Bay. you can depend on that. Yeah, I don't know how much you can depend on that, but he, he's worth a stash. It's a risk, but he's worth a stash.
1: All right, fair enough. Let's look at this Miami side of things. You know, uh, the quarterback situation is kind of in flux there. We know that. Talk to me about the wide receivers. Amendola continues to get targeted by Brock Osweiler. We see Devontae Parker had one game a couple of weeks ago. We, You know, like, what is there anything you're looking for in this wide receiver room?
2: Uh, it's really just Amendola, and that's it. You know, Devontae Parker had one good game and then right. one catch for eight yards.
1: Are we expecting Tannehill or Brock this week for uh, Miami?
2: It's too early to tell.
1: Too early to tell. All right. It looks yeah. like maybe Ryan Tannehill will get back. But that seems like a real weird injury, right? The way that that's been going on, like, and especially especially the way Gaze is talking about it, it almost seems like when it happened originally, they should have just put him on IR because it's been almost six weeks at this point, right?
2: Yeah. It's, it's been a while, yeah. <laughs> it
1: has been, you know, but in any event. All right, Scotty, we got to take a break. We got to pay the bills here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When we come back, though, Scotty, we still got more games to discuss. We got an interesting AFC South matchup between Jacksonville and Indy. We got an interesting NFC North matchup between Detroit and Chicago. We'll talk about them all and a huge spread that we got to talk about when we come back, Kansas City, Arizona, when we come back Back, FST right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, I gotta let people know. And first of all, I want to congratulate the many, many thousands of people who had a profitable daily fantasy season in Major League Baseball this season. Now that baseball is over, people are moving on over and using the NFL optimizer. Listen, we've already had a million dollar winner. We've had a bunch of $100,000 winners. We told you about Colin Drew going back-to-back and belly-to-belly. And people are also crushing it on a nightly basis in the NBA, using the NBA Lineup Optimizer in the association If you're hooked, buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package. It gives you access to year-round successful tools, projections that our subscribers have been using, okay? If you're not doing it in this way, you are at a competitive disadvantage. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. Start winning today. Scotty. I want to talk about this next game. Uh, we're in the AFC South. Jacksonville and Indianapolis. The Colts are a three-point favorite at home against Jacksonville. Listen, Jacksonville is sort of like unraveled. In the last couple of weeks, you know, the defense and offense are not kind of getting along. You know, Blake Bortles was kind of on that leash. They toyed with the idea of Cody Kessler, then went back to Blake Bortles. It just doesn't sound great. Um, And the Jags are coming off a bye. What kind of Jacksonville team do you expect to see back in action week 10? You know, I mean, like, I think this can go... Really, either way, this could be a team that doesn't handle adversity that well because they're kind of young and brat, you know, kind of blustery. Or do you think they've been galvanized and are kind of going to come out fighting this week?
2: I think there's a lot of pressure on them this week because Indianapolis Brad. offensively is playing really, really well. Uh, I don't know sure. if anybody's noticed, but like, you know, Andrew Luck has thrown yeah. th- at least three touchdown passes in, yeah, in five consecutive games. And yep. during that streak, he has four, three, four touchdown games. Somebody said to me last night, should I trade Mahomes? Because Andrew Luck is my backup, and I'm not confident I can roll with him the rest of the way. I'm like, why? You know, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, you know, no those, those disrespect. Have you watched the games? Have you at least looked at the numbers? So there's a lot of pressure on the, yeah. the Jacksonville defense, you know, to stop a really good offense this week. And, uh yeah, I got to tell you, Indianapolis is really going to give them a game this week.
3: Yep. Uh,
1: I agree with you on that. Remember, we've been talking about, you know, we we had very different views on the AFC South going into this season, if you remember, right? I was more Indianapolis and Tennessee. You were more Jacksonville and Houston. Uh, You gave me some regular season wins. We'll see how that one shakes out. Let me ask you about the Colts, though. I think now, you know – I think there's a conundrum for fantasy owners trying to understand what the Colts tight end position will be. Scott, I look at your in-season ranks, and you're kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of split in the middle here. You have Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron back to back at numbers nine and ten. What that also means, though, is you have them both as tight end ones. Are you okay? you're okay starting both of them? It looks like.
2: I think you have to be, especially with the state of tight end in fantasy football. People yep. are asking, you know, on the Roto Expert Slack chat, which one should I have? And uh, Right. You know, you you want an answer when one apparently doesn't exist, that one's gonna dominate over the other. You know, it could be one week Doyle has a good week and Ebron doesn't, and it could be the reverse. We saw it in the season opener. I was high on Doyle, and it, it was Ebron who caught the first touchdown. I think, it, and then you, you're trying to think that, okay, maybe Doyle is the PPR guy and Ebron's a touchdown guy, and then Doyle gets in the end zone. But you have to remember really outside of T.Y. Hilton, they don't have a reliable number two wide receiver, so both of these guys are going to be, are going to be viable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, guys, the you're not always going to get what you
2: want in fantasy. People want more more touches from Kerry and Johnson. You may not get it. You may want a clear cut, you know, tight end situation. Guess what? You're not going to get it.
1: Yep. And remember, here, guys, the number to call is eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. While the phone lines open, just in case you want to talk to us about Week Ten. Um, talk to me about Jacksonville, Scotty, and the running back situation, right? We got Carlos Hyde now in the mix. TJ Yeldon is there. Um Fournette's gonna come back eventually. This is now a mess, Scott. This is a true running back by committee. And you know, where any of these guys could be really good for you. How are you playing the Jaguars running backs as we head into the fantasy playoffs?
2: It's not a mess. It's uh huh? you know, Fournette could be back this week. He was back at practice on Monday. Right. And right now the early reports he's gonna play this week. If Fournette is back There is no committee. It's Leonard Fournette, and that's it. And, you know, if he gets hurt again, which is always a possibility, then it's a combination of Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. To me, it's very clear.
1: Okay, and so if Leonard Fournette is active, then you want no part of TJ Yeldon or Carlos Hyde?
2: No. I, I, I don't want any part of Carlos Hyde if he's active.
1: Alright, fair enough. Let's go to the phone lines. We got our guy Kenny in Philly on the line. See, Kenny, you put in the tweet you, you tweet at me about the calls. I give you the number, I open up the phone lines, and you are here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What's going on, Kenny?
3: How you guys What's doing? Up, cowboy? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Um If you talk to George and Dan, I uh I actually predicted that, that Julio Jones touched down this. We got this out of had a I, I, that, that, I'm that is true. Thing. I mean, the law it's of averages, Kenny. It
1: had to happen eventually, right?
2: Yeah, I heard you right. predicted that for like nine weeks in a row. That's I right. Finally <laughs> got it right.
3: Hey, we I mean, only got to be right one time, man. Hey, guys, I got a nine. That's gotta... not too good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a trade question. Somebody's trying to get a, a Ezekiel Elliott for me for uh, we got uh Keenan Allen uh at a, at a running back for the uh the Falcon Smith. And uh, Jared Cook. Now it's some it's some complications with this because um, I just lost AJ Green for a couple of weeks. I have Stefan Diggs on that team too, and I have uh, James White. Uh, my running. Who would backs your starting be, running backs be if you moved on it, from Zeke? Yeah, yeah. it would be it would be James. I have James White, Nick Chubb. I got Carlos Hyde, and uh, I'm a Deion Lewis. So you think I I can survive without Zeke? No,
2: I think what's happening here is you know is that you're a fish in the pond and somebody's, you know, waving the bait, and you're going to go for it. Uh, You know, right now the talk is buy low on Ezekiel Elliott if somebody has – if you can find a panicky owner. And this guy uh, is is viewing you as a panicky owner, it sounds like, you know, there's a chance that you might take it. You know, Keenan Allen, you talk about reputation, it's one thing. But, you know, Keenan Allen, you know, give you double figures every week. But if you're going to give up Ezekiel Elliott, do you really want a guy who scored – one touchdown in the opener and hasn't scored since. You know the guy has not scored in in seven consecutive games. He had a nice game last week, and you know he's he's put he's put up like thirty three points. But Keenan Allen's is like twelve to fifteen PPR points. You know every week he's a wide. You're talking about getting a wide receiver too. Ito Smith is like a backup, and uh, who is the third player? Jared Cook, who I know you love. Jared Cook, who's incredibly inconsistent and overrated. Hey, hey, hey. One week he has 17 points, and the next week he has four. They're stacking quantity for quality, and there's no way you
3: should take this. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Scotty. I have I, um, I have Greg Olson already, so I'm I'm already cool. But at the chance of having my three, I'm on a normal week, my three wide receivers. I, I, this is a three wide receiver, one flex league. It'll be Diggs, Cannon Allen, AJ Green when he comes back. At the, at the expense of having yeah, That's that. a nice
2: luxury to have, but, you know, yeah. you're not getting proper return. You're getting a wide receiver two. You're getting an, a borderline RB4. And you're getting an overrated tight end back end one for a superstar. And Cooper I agree.
1: Kenny, I agree. Oh, if you have Cup, that's even more the reason not to take this deal, in my opinion, okay. Kenny. I think you keep your stud in Zeke okay. Elliott, and I understand the AJ Green thing, but listen, with even without AJ Green and without this trade, it sounds like you can roll Diggs and Cup as two of your three wide receivers, which I understand, you know, Diggs is on buy. but you're okay with that. I'd rather maintain right. my stud running back and figure out a wide receiver three in another way, I don't think it, you should cost you Zeke Elliott, and I would love to go into the fantasy playoffs, especially if you're PPR. With, you talk about the three wideouts out, wide you'd have. I'd love even better going into the fantasy playoffs with Zeke Elliott. Um, I think you mentioned James White and Dion Lewis, and just figure out yeah. your, your wideout three another way,
2: bro. Yeah. What's happening yeah, with these I'm Zeke good. Elliott owners is they're panicking because he's not scoring 25 to 30 points in a week. Yeah, but he'll and be now right. they're, becoming, they're becoming open you know, to offers like this, which, right. uh, which, which they shouldn't take. You know, Zeke last week. Uh, you know, he didn't have a big game, but he still had 15 points. He's catching yep. passes out of the backfield. Running back is a much, much thinner position. Even if Zeke is not going to perform at that top five level, he is still better than a lot of other guys. Like, say, you know, he's still like top eight, top ten. And, you know, for you, wide receiver is so deep. You already, have, you already have a tight end. And then you're talking about like a, a running back that's like ranked number 30 in my in-season ranks. Yeah, I think you're getting over
3: anxious here.
1: What else you got, Kenny?
2: Nothing.
3: I'm pick him up, too. James and Crowder. I'm about to, yeah. I think I'm about to grab
1: Yeah, that could be exactly. something. Who are you if healthy.
3: Cut, uh, um, Hogan.
1: Yeah, that's
2: fine. I'm okay with I'm that. I don't know that. why you had Hogan this long.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, the way to go about it, bro. Don't sacrifice right, your stud. That's your weekly advantage, Kenny.
3: I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you.
1: No problem. We now go to New Jersey. Friend of the show, I believe it is Holly. Dilly Dilly to you, Holly. What's going on? You're on FST.
2: How you doing? Hey,
4: what's up? Guys? Dilly Dilly. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, really quick, I'm just going to uh, ramble off my squad. I'm currently uh, tied with like four people in my lead at five and four, trying to make that push to get in the uh, mm. playoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have uh, Drew Brees um, as my quarterback. Um, back sure. up is golf. I have uh, Devontae Adams, Kenny Galladay, uh, Stefan Diggs, Alshon Jeffrey as my uh, wide receivers. I have uh, Nick Chubb, LaShawn McCoy, Deion Lewis, Leonard Fournette, and Tevin Coleman. And then my two tight ends are uh, Dole, um, Jack Dole, and Trey Burton. And i picked up Green Bay defense for this week. Um and my kicker is uh, Jake Elliott, which I just picked up this week. Just okay. trying to move stuff around. So I just wanted to know, like, uh, do you think I have a shot with with this squad or should I, you know, switch some things around as far as, like, maybe dropping McCoy for maybe a Jellar and shot or somebody else right. out there on the waivers? Or um, should I stay put with this squad right here and just plug <laughs> them in based on the yep. matchups?
1: Scotty, here's what I think on this one. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think she's got a pretty decent squad, if you want to know the truth. I think, if anything, you know, you talk about that quality over quantity, Scott. The one thing I think Holly could do here is maybe she could be the two on a two-for-one kind of deal to kind of upgrade. You know, she's got Goff as a backup quarterback, and she's starting Breeze every week, right? She's got two decent tight ends. She's got some decent depth, like, at running back. I would consider... Holly, if there's a team maybe that needs a quarterback, that needs some quarterback help, I might try and go something like Goff and one of your bench wideouts or wide receivers or even your second tight end plus Goff and see if you can get an upgrade at, you know, at that position, running back or wide receiver. So like one of your bench running backs and Goff for a running back upgrade or one of your bench wideouts and Goff for a wide receiver upgrade to a quarterback needy team because Goff has been good, but you don't need him because Drew Brees is an MVP candidate. What do you think, Scott? I,
2: I think that's easier. I think it's easier said than done. It's very, very hard to trade a quarterback in any fantasy football league right now. How many teams are in your league, Holly? It's ten teams,
4: and they do uh, not yeah. Want to trade. I mean, yeah, yeah, in a
2: ten-team yeah, league, because so, there's too many. Even that in failed, a twelve-team yeah. league, it's difficult to trade a quarterback because you look at the eleven; they all have somebody they're comfortable with, and Scott, they don't want to trade a tight top end. running back or a top wide She's got receiver. got Doyle and Barton. Uh, it really depends on who else you look at, but, uh, you know, I don't think there's going to be a the quarterback. Up- isn't that uh, the, the, there's two things right now in a 12 team team leagues. I've been trying to move a quarterback. It's impossible because if you have any one of like the top 15 or 16 guys, you're okay. You don't need to, you don't want to give up some from your top right. running backs and top wide receivers for a, a somewhat of an upgraded quarterback when you're probably good at who you're with, especially in a 10 team league. And tight end, the you know, the way the landscape is right. right now, everybody's dealing with question marks. Unless right. you have, say, like an O.J. Howard or a George Gittle, there's not much much market for a tight end either. I think it's hard to do. I think Holly's got a really solid team all the way up and down. The one thing I would say is there's probably a lot better kickers than Elliott out there. Okay. Sure.
1: You know, I do think...
2: It depends ahead, on who's, who's available, know. though. But some yeah. of some of the names you could look at are like, uh, you know, dropped when you
1: Butcher.
2: you drop who? Harrison,
1: Harrison Butker.
4: Butker.
2: I would have never done that. You know, yeah, Harrison Butker is offense. like one. of, it, He's the fourth rank most productive kicker in fantasy football right now. When you look how bad Jason Myers has been through the last few weeks, he's he's like number two overall. There's no way I would cut Harrison Butker for Elliott. All right. Thanks for the call. Though. I try to get it back. got to keep it
1: moving. Uh, The other thing I would say, though, listen, you do have Burton and Doyle. If there's a tight end needy team out there, that could be a trade piece as well. Scotty, let's go to this next game real quick here. We got the Detroit Lions going to Chicago to take on the Bears. How is this Detroit passing game going to look? You know, we've been speculating, Scott, after the Golden Chate trade, you know, you don't necessarily think the guy they just brought in, Bruce Ellington, is going to matter. Theo Riddick is back healthy. Um, You know, does Kenny Galladay get more opportunity? Do we see our guy carry on? my wayward son, do a little bit more in the passing game? What do you think is happening here in this Detroit offense, especially in a tough matchup in Chicago against the Bears?
2: It is what it is right now. You know, Matthew Stafford is... You know, it's it's just, you know, he's not throwing the ball a lot. He's efficient, but there's just not more fantasy production. He's actually been outscored by Blake Bortles and Case Keenum. Uh, you know, no touchdown passes last week. Four, you know, there, before that there were five consecutive games and two touchdown passes, but the yardage just wasn't there, really. You know, he had he had a good yes. th- three game stretch from week two to week four, but he's he's been mediocre or, or under two hundred and twenty yards passing
1: then. in three of his last four one eighty three, yeah, two seventeen, so and one ninety nine. Three of his last four.
2: This passing game is what it is right now. You know, it's it, it's not going to change and. Yeah, you know, Kerryon Johnson's not going to get more catches out of the backfield when Theo Riddick is there. What you see is what you get. You just got to have hope for more out of Kenny Galladay right now.
1: All right, and on the Chicago side, you know, people all season long have been playing the Jordan Howard-Tariq Cohen game. How is that shaping up for you?
2: Uh, you know, Howard's, like, scored in three consecutive games, but he's just a finisher. The yardage is not there. You know, it's a really, really good matchup for Tariq Cohen this week. The problem with Cohen is he can be boom or bust, uh, you know, depending on game flow or matchups, so you got to be careful. But I do, I do like it this week. But Tariq Cohen can drive you a little crazy.
1: He does. But even though he can drive you a little crazy, you have him in your in-season rank, Scotty, as running back 18, so definitively an RB two, seven spots ahead of Jordan Howard, who you have as RB 25. So depending on your league, Jordan Howard is either a back-end RB two or a strong flex play. Correct?
2: Yeah. You know, Tariq Cohen's, you know had a fine season overall. Uh, he had four consecutive double-figure games. But before that, he was in single figures, three games to open the season. And last week, he didn't even score three fantasy points. So that's who Tariq Cohen is. You know, he he just drives you ab- absolutely mad. And if, you know, with Jordan Howard, you know, if he's if he's not getting the end zone, you're, you're really not, not getting much. You know, he's touchdown dependent. And anybody who's touchdown dependent can sometimes can scare you. He's got four touchdowns in his last three games but uh, when you look at the yardage, you know, he's only top 70 yards once since week one.
1: Yeah, so we've got to keep an eye out on that. Remember, Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel also banged up for Chicago. So that's something to watch as we move along this week. Scotty, we're almost home free. We got one more commercial break. And we got, listen, Scott, there are big lines to discuss when we come back. Welcome back. We are ghetto superstars at times here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle taking you on home. Yeah, I live I in the suburbs. That's all right. I know our guy Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, was uh, campaigning to be voted mayor of Harlem. I'm the mayor of the Stats overbeat Cypher in Washington Heights, so it's all good. We got a couple of minutes left before we throw it I to think the fantasy I the one executive. If you live in a ghetto. And Gabe Morincy and the lovely Michelle Serpico. But before that, we have a call. Glenn from Florida, you're joining the Roto, uh you're joining the Fantasy Sports Radio Network as we put the fun and functional sports content. What's up, Glenn?
5: I got a hey, man. How, how you guys doing?
2: Good. Um, Good. Next I got slide. a couple
5: tra- thanks. I got a couple of trade questions. Uh, half point PPR league, twelve team. I'm eight and one, leading the league in points, and I got a nice. couple of trades. The first. Is give away Deshaun Watson and Marlon Mack for Zeke. Hmm. And,
1: and, Who would know, be your other quarterback
5: homes. if you gave away? Oh, you have Mahomes? Mah- yeah, I got Mahomes.
1: Then I do that. Yeah, I absolutely do that, Scott,
2: right? Yeah, I would absolutely do that too. You know, Mack's been playing really, really well, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's only a three game sample size, and really you don't need Watson. Uh, and he's Deshaun been Watson's and a frivolous lately. piece for you. Yeah. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's not even a top-12 fantasy quarterback for me right now. He you're starting Mahomes every there, week. But he's not. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, so, yeah, it's going the only to thing you think about Z is week 12. You know, yeah. you're going to have to have somebody else to plug in for an But if he's 8-1 already, it, it don't matter.
1: Yeah. If he's 8-1 already, he could take an L in week 12 and still be primed for the oh, playoffs.
2: Well, and get oh, yeah. Well, out well, the, the deal. yeah,
1: yeah What's up,
5: man? I was going to have an open roster spot, so I was going to pick up Mullins just to throw in week 12. Fine. He's playing Tampa week 12, I think. Fine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. so I mean, it's all
2: good, bro. Yeah, right? I, I I would I would see who else is out there too, though, because we don't know what if Mullins could like you know crawl back right into a hole this week. So I don't right. think we could assume we be. But, the but on balance, as well.
1: what you're doing because you're going to start Patty Mahomes. For oh the yeah, playoffs. but I like if the trade. Eight, one.
2: If you're eight and one, you're
1: looking for the playoffs and to upgrade from Mac to Zeke. Yeah, do it every. Do it. Pull the The, the, the other, if you
5: if you got another quick second, the other yeah, trade is very intriguing as well, and and. It would be it's a little bit more people involved, but it's, yep. it's, it's Watson, Larry, Fitz, Manny Sanders, and Mac in return for DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, and Lat Murray. Hmm.
1: That is interesting. You get the big upgrade like, at receiver like, to D like, and then you
5: get Minnesota What do your receivers back, look like now, essence, though?
2: Yeah. What, what, so what do your same, receivers look like now?
5: It's the same league, so my, my lineup now is Mahomes, Mel Gordon, Tyreek Hill, Mike Thomas, and Manny yeah, Stanton and Kittle, and, and Kittle. Yeah, so I, I, like,
2: I would do the first trade. I, it's yep. nice to get Hopkins, but you don't need him. Right, right. I, I agree with him. In,
5: Basically, it's like throwing in Zeke over Mack, and I'm not even using Watson anyway. Exactly, exactly. It's a frivolous piece
1: for you outside of Week 12, but you could just get that right. one-week guy off the waiver if it's Nick Mullins or anybody else. And at 8-1, and one, you know, you can absorb a loss and, and get organize yourself for the playoffs. Thanks for the call, Glenn. That's the way we You can't even it. assume you a loss. Go. You know,
2: All right. maybe he picks up yeah. Case Keita, but he has a good week, you know?
1: Yeah, so let's keep <laughs> yeah. it moving here. The next game right. though that we want to talk about, absolutely, Glenn, call back anytime. Uh, Scotty, we only got a couple couple of minutes here left. Uh, Scott, the Kansas City Chiefs are 17-point favorites this week, okay? They're giving 17 at home against Arizona. Now, I know Arizona is a dumpster fire right now, but uh 17 points is a huge line in the NFL, Scott. You laying 17 with the Chiefs?
2: Yeah. A big game for Kareem Hunt against the 31st-ranked hmm. run defense in the NFL. Uh, and, you know, Kansas City's defense plays better at home. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to take the 17th.
1: All right. On the other side, Arizona, because, I mean, we know about Kansas City already for fantasy purposes. Arizona, talk to me about Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. We mentioned both of those guys kind of in waivers because the Cardinals had a bye last week. Uh, Fitzgerald's only owned in something like 75% of leagues, so go check that out. Christian Kirk in around 40 how do you play these Arizona wide receivers in what could have to be a shootout? I don't know if, you know, Josh Rosen is equipped to shoot out with the Chiefs, but uh you gotta figure there's gonna be some garbage time there if you like the seventeen point spread. Kirk, Fitzgerald, you like them this week?
2: Yeah, I think you do. You know, Fitzgerald's coming off of a very good game, you know, right before the bye. And uh, you know, you've seen You've seen Christian Kirk pretty much score consistently in double figures. Larry Fitzgerald's come out of the dark the last two games, 14 and 26 PPR points. And then you, you take a look at Christian Kirk, as bad as Rosen has been. Uh, you know He has double-figure performances in three of his last four games, so they're both good wide receiver three starts.
1: Is Christian Kirk one of the best rookie wide receivers in Dynasty? Because it's set up, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is going to move on eventually. He's growing with Josh Rosen. Like, you know, I mean, there's Ridley out there. I know, but there's some other wide receivers that were highly touted coming into the season. Anthony Miller, Michael Gallup, for example. I'd rather have Kirk than both of them.
2: Yeah, I could see that because especially when a guy is more impressive during his first year, it gives you more confidence about him going forward. Of course, you know, we could go all the way to back to Andy Kennison and, you know, see guys that hmm. – uh, you know, really like busted out in their first year, didn't do nothing in the rest of their career. So you never know for sure, but right now, I think you definitely like Kirk better. And uh, I don't think we thought we'd be talking about Marquez Valdez Gantling in this race, sure. but hey, here he is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't forget Cortland Sutton potentially emerging as yep. well. Scotty, you're going to lay 17 with the Chiefs. I'm going to lay 10 for the Chargers on the road against Oakland. Uh, you know, Oakland is completely. You know, not trying. There's there's, there's tension in there with the veterans and what Gruden is doing. And as you know, Scott, I believe the Chargers are about to make their run. Okay, they are giving 10 points on the road in Oakland. They're on a win streak. They may even get Joey Boza back. Uh, you laying 10 on the road with the Chargers?
2: Yeah, I am. You know, you figure maybe the uh, Raiders might pray with pride once in, once in these weeks. And if they do it this week, you know, it could be – Ten to three at halftime, but then they get steamrolled in the second half.
1: Yeah, I think that could be the thing as well. Maybe they keep it close, you know, for They're a just little not anywhere bit.
2: Close talent wise,
1: right? I agree. What's the word on Boza, Scotty? Uh, could we expect him back anytime soon?
2: It's uh, too early to tell. We, it's we really too early to know. tell
1: because it does yeah. look like he's starting. We're starting to get positive reports, right? And so, uh, you know. That could be a huge impact, though, to that defense. And speaking of the Chargers defense, I don't think they need
2: him this week. You know, they played really well in Seattle last week without him.
1: Fair. And check this out. Like you said, they played well in Seattle last week. Check out their next three games, Scott, at Oakland, home for Denver, and then home for Arizona. If you need a defense... I submit the Chargers got three good matchups coming up back to back and eventually we'll get Joey Boza added to this mix. You talk about sacks and turnovers. You put Boza and Ingram up against Oakland, Denver and Arizona. I like that for the rest of the regular season. Go get the Chargers defense. huh?
2: Yeah, it's a great point because there are no set and forget defenses right now, but you could set and forget the Chargers for the next three weeks. You have them as your
1: fifth Ranked defense, Scotty, moving forward. To your point, you know I've been streaming two defenses back-to-back and getting ahead of it. I have officially stopped that. I have the Chargers now, and I'm going to start them for the rest of the regular season. All I need to do is figure out, uh, you know, who's got a great matchup week 15. You know what I mean, Scotty? Um, on the Chargers, listen, we were talking about Keenan Allen having a good game. Uh, what about Tyrell Williams? Mike Williams, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Tyrell Williams, I just found out also, is going to be a free agent. At the end of the year, Scotty, so maybe he's making himself money with some strong with a strong season.
2: I don't know if it's sustainable though, because mm. you know, he's you know, you look at the volume and it just isn't there. And that's not something you can count on. Uh maybe you start him in a bye week. He's got four touchdowns in the last three games two one hundred yard games, but that's all on eight on uh on on nine catches. He's averaging three catches a game. So it's not sustainable. We expect more out of Mike Williams. Uh, he scored two consecutive games, but it's been on one catch each. He has one catch right. each in three, three consecutive games in four of the last five. So, both these guys are super risks. But uh, you, you like them this week, I think.
1: Yeah, but and and to my other point, though, does this make sense to you, Scott? I hear you with guys that are super risks, right? I'd rather take a risk on the Chargers than take a risk on Washington, though, right? Like, give me, yeah. like. You know what I mean? Like, give me these Williams guys over, say, the risk of, like, a Maurice Harris. You know what I mean? Like, give me pieces you know of, what these pies, the of, what of these productive pies. The Chargers are one of these offenses. If, if,
2: if, Melvin Gordon, if Melvin Gordon dominates yeah. the game, I like, like look true. at T.Y. Hilton in Oakland two weeks ago. He caught yeah. one pass.
1: Yeah, I guess. And there is a universe, like there always say, is risk where there. the Chargers are up 24-6 at halftime, right?
2: Yeah, but how did they yeah. get there? You know, it could be yeah. could be mainly from Melvin. That Gordon, one big you know, play to Williams, that seventy
1: yard touchdown yeah. to Williams, could be the way or they it got could, there.
2: Or or it could be a defensive touchdown. It's hard to predict execution. <laughs> Listen, to I'll flow. take that. I'll take that because, as you know, I'm riding with the charges. But I'll take the chance. Season. You know, it's they're both wide receivers. Four. You're talking about using them for a bye week. Right. So you, of course, there's going to be risk.
1: All right, Scotty, another big line. The Los Angeles Rams are double-digit favorites, 10-point favorites at home against the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams now, you know, for the first time all season, are coming off a loss. I know the Rams and the Seahawks have always, you know, it's something of a rivalry. Uh, you think the Rams make a statement at home and say, hey, 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 don't, what's all this Saints talk? Don't forget about us.
2: I think they win the game, but I don't think they cover. Uh, okay, so you like seattle C- plus 10. Seattle Seattle Seattle's look Seattle may be four and five after this, but uh you know they 're certainly a very respectable opponent. Can they keep uh, you know, the up Chargers with the Rams offensively was, though they did when they played in Seattle, you know, and it 's more about we talk about pace with their running game they 're going to try to slow things down, and mm. it 's all about Russell Wilson bouncing back from a bad game and Making better decisions, more accuracy, but it's also about the wide receivers getting open, which they, they did last week. I think it's just an easier matchup for them this week. Divisional game. I, I can't see the Rams beating them by 10, by 7, 6, maybe by 10. No, it's, you know, they're not, not they, you know, the, the, the distinction between the two teams is not that great when you're talking about a divisional matchup throwing that into.
1: Okay, um, so you say you maybe anticipate the Seahawks trying to, you know, they are running the ball more than almost any team in the league, right, with their run-pass split. Um, so that being said, if that may be the approach, right, and that makes sense to keep Goff and the greatest show on surf off the field. Scott, that being said, are you taking the under? The total is 51.
2: Am I taking the under? No, I'm definitely taking the over on this game.
1: Interesting. And I, th- I think, I think so Russell you, Wilson you can have over. another
2: three-touchdown touch, three game here.
1: Okay, so you take the over. Um, so you think a high scoring game? Because I thought you were thinking that the Seattle approach would be to grind it a little bit, but it sounds like you think it maybe would be. They, but uh, when they
2: when they're playing their game, they grind it out. But then Wilson picks his spots and you know can make can make a big play. You know, so you're saying something like 31. For him, it's more about efficiency. Efficiency. You say yeah. more like 31. Know, some, something like that. Like yeah, like 30 to 24 or something like that. You know, I could yeah. see the game being that. Like the Rams are clearly the better team. But, uh, you know, Seattle's not going to come in and lay down either.
1: All right, Scotty, we only got 30 seconds left. I want one word out of you. The Philadelphia Eagles are at home and and six-and-a-half-point favorites this Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. One word, Scotty. Eagles or Cowboys? Eagles minus six.
2: Uh, Eagles to win, Cowboys to cover.
1: Eh,
3: That was more
1: than one word, but I understand. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Scotty. Have a great day. (laughs) We'll start looking more, you know, waivers, injuries. Thursday Night Football the preview you have a great day alright Scotty you too alright Cardinal Friends up next right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network you